Today's program is brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit culinarycenter.com. This is Chef Emily Peterson, host of Sharp and Hot. You're to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Well, hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners. I'm Jennifer Leutzi, and this is Tech Bites. We talk every, every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. about the intersection of food and technology. It's a fun show. We have guests in studio and participation from the folks in the booth. Food and tech is typically social media, internet, apps. We are not cooking technology. If you're interested in cooking technology, there's a wonderful show called Cooking Issues with a guy named Dave Arnold. I encourage you to go to heritageradionetwork.org and check him out and check out the thousands of wonderful shows we have there. The first thing I like to do on every show is I like to introduce everyone in the studio so we can match the names to the voices. Today we have a couple of gentlemen from a company called Shoebox. That's not S-H-O-E, shoe, which is the first place I would go when I hear that, Mm -hmm. perhaps because I'm a lady with footwear. (laughs) That's shoe, C-H-O-U-X, box. And shoe is French for cabbage, or it's also French for shoe pastry, pas de choux, which is the lovely thing that you use to make eclairs and gougere. Mm -hmm. Our guests from Shoebox today are Tony Ayatsi. That's it. I've been practicing saying the last names before we before we got to the show. Good luck on this one. And our next guest is Xavier Mary Marez Carena. Marez Carena. Really well done, Marez Carena. Yeah. Marez Carena. Yeah. I wrote it down phonetically. We have a lot of Z's going on in our last name. Do the studio today? <laughs> That's true. Leuzi, yeah. Leuzi. Yeah. yeah. I usually say like a French automatic weapon. Leuzi. <laughs> Nice. That's awesome. In, this, in the studio, we have Jack Inslee, who is the Heritage Radio Network executive producer. He's also a DJ who just got back from an amazing trip to Bonnaroo, where he did days and days and days of music and programming. Marathon. Marathon. Four days long, right? Oh, yeah. Woof. With a 16-hour drive on each end. How was that shower when you got back? Oh, it was good. It was very good. It was long. Yeah. He also has a great show called Full Service Radio, where you can experience his DJ prowess in full effect. That's on Thursday nights at 7.30. Very cool. Yeah. So, Shoebox. But before we get into Shoebox, we start every episode of Tech Bites like a good meal with an appetizer, where we go around the room and we talk about our favorite apps, old apps that we love, new apps we've just discovered. So, Xavier, do you have a fun yeah. app? Yeah. So, um... First off, I'm going to steal your thunder, Tony, because I love this one. Um, Shazam. Still to this day, it like blows my mind. It's like and it's my favorite thing, too, because I always have this like this inner, uh, this inner monologue of cool songs I want to have in future restaurants. So I hear that perfect song, not know who it is, and just you know hit that. And it also connects to Spotify, which is a great app. Um, but I've been really into an app called Lumosity. 
Um, it's obviously a website where you have all these brain games, but I always see people playing Candy Crush and all these kind of like mindless games. And this one at least draws you in even further by letting know, letting you know how you perform against other people in your age bracket. So I'll constantly be trying to like beat my old score, and they tell you that you get smarter as as a part of these brain <laughs> gymnastics. So at least and, it makes me feel good there, about this. You there know? is this ultimate super points and win, where instead of just accumulating, you know, right. tons of. Right. You know, candy canes, mallets, or superpowers, you're actually getting smarter. Yeah, so they say. <laughs> so they say. There's an app for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Do you ever lie and say you're like 14 years old just to feel really good about it? They're actually, I've done that to see, make the adjustments in age range to see how you compare. You get smarter as you put older age brackets, just probably because people, obviously, that haven't had as much interaction with technology can't use the app as well. But then if you go younger and younger, you see how much how far behind we are this new generation. So those whippersnappers are beating us. They sure are. <laughs> yeah. They sure are. Yeah. Tony, do you have an app? Yeah, you know, I have one I've been using a lot and I'm really liking it. It's called Cam Card. Um I C A M or Yeah, C A M card. You know, I really I can't stand the use of business cards. It seems to me like such an outdated system. I've always rebelled against having one. And I always joke that, you know, having a business card for a tech, co- tech company is like, you know, trying to build a coal-powered spaceship. You know, there's no reason that we still have to carry on these pieces of paper, but we do. So I've really been using CamCard to hopefully share my business card virtually with other people these days. But everyone else has to have the app, too, so everyone get it so I can share my app, share my card with you that yeah. way. So is it intrinsically much different from just texting your contact info or sending your contact info to someone? not at all. It's just that you can scan the card. It's also kind of uh, interesting because it's part of the genesis of the idea of Shoebox, was like scanning the scanning technology that's going on now. But now you can just kind of flip your card to somebody when you're at a networking event or something like that. So in essence, you can gather a bunch of different business contacts through the cards and just take a picture with your phone and then all that information will sync to your contacts. Right. So okay. you don't have to type them in and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I have a great card that I love, so I'm sort of partial to mm-hmm. having things sometimes. Yeah, but. of course. Yeah. Okay. Cam card. Well, you can also you can take a picture of your one card and flip it to somebody, and they still get like the picture on your card and all that kind of stuff, but you just don't have to carry it around all the time. Also, sometimes you're collecting a ton of cards, so it's an easy way to go through them and put notes on them and remember who you've talked to. Okay. Yeah. Jack, do you have something fun for us? I do. It's related to my uh, 16-hour drives on each end <laughs> of the performance. So we actually had a few cars of people and a lot of the DJs and uh, talent uh, arriving at different times and coming in different ways. There's an app called Find My Friends, and you can basically enable the location services on your phone, and you can kind of track the progress of the other cars and your other friends. So as we're driving down, I can see that Team Heritage Radio is in Maryland once I'm in Virginia. And it's just a really nice, fun way to kind of track people traveling all at the same time. So is it made to be in a car or could you, would you use it like at Bonnaroo itself? Cause it's a festival and maybe we you lose track the, of people. We, did. we use it at the festival itself, which is a little tough because the service is spotty there. But, uh, mm-hmm. as an app, it's, it is nice. I mean, you just kind of, you know, you create a pin on yourself. I can still see actually these cars. I can see that, uh, my what friend, they're up to now. my friend Dan is, uh, in Queens. I can see that right now. And, um, just wait till they have find my ex. Oh, it won't. <laughs> 
really. I mean, everywhere to avoid. <laughs> I think they have that. I saw that they give you an escape plan. If you like get within a few feet of somebody you don't want to meet, they'll say turn right. Oh, look at that! And I yeah. can see Allison Hamlin is in Tampa. <laughs> yeah, this is really cool. You also need to have friends for it to work. That's true. Yes. <laughs> so you have to mutually accept right. this. You exactly. can't just stalk somebody. So you have to have friends. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because the other app is restraining order. Yes. Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. The apps are so fun. It's really interesting to see what people like and use and yeah, you know, it's, what it's, things trend and what people gravitate towards. Right. I, I get a little bit sometimes like I don't, I, you know, yeah, I kind of download these things and then just stop using them two days later a lot of times. So it's nice to have one that I use as a efficiency tool frequently. Also, you know, the ones that like you can sign a document now. Those are amazing. I don't think I've printed a page to sign in a year. What are those apps? Because I know you can. I know you can typically use a PDF annotation, Mm -hmm. electronic signature function when I'm on a computer or desktop. Right, but on your phone, sign now. I don't. I've signed everything on it for our company for months and months and months. And there's one called CUDA Sign too. They bought Sign now. I think. Okay, that's what happened. Okay. So I was getting ready to, I went to the app store to download an app that someone had recommended to me, and I noticed that in the current iOS with my iPhone, the first thing you get is you get a page that says trending searches. Mm. And I love aggregated data on what people are doing and interested in in real time. So the trending searches is in real time, and the number one trending search right now on the app store on the iPhone is raw men. And I was kind of oh. captivated by that. So I clicked on Raw Men as a trending search, and it has 55 results. There are oh, 55 wow. Raw Men-related apps right now in the store that range from Raw Men games to... There's a Raw Men game where it's called... I have to just scroll down and find it. It is Penguins Delivering Bowls of Raw Men. Um, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> Penguins delivering bowls of ramen. It is called Ramen Delivery in South Pole. <laughs> and oh. it's Japanese. And it's literally a glacier scape with penguins and bowls of ramen coming to them. It's unbelievable. But there's also things like find ramen in London, cook ramen, find ramen in Japan. So I don't actually have an app, but I have... 55 ramen apps in the iTunes store right now, which just kind of blew my mind. So think about, you know, next time when you hit that search button and it goes and it tells you what's trending, jackpot of discovery. Totally. It could be cool if you could even like see how it's trending where in between like, you know, your age group thing. So an app to let you know how the apps are going. (laughs) Trend app. Exactly. So shoebox. Shoebox piqued my interest for a couple of reasons. The first reason is Tony and Xavier are actually from the restaurant business. Tony's a chef. Xavier's front of the house, occasional chef. And they've created a tech product which basically helps you run your inventory and your point of purchase for things in the back of the house. Mm-hmm. Typically, most of the tech companies and founders and people we talk to or have talked to thus far on Tech Bytes are all people who are coming primarily from the business and the tech spheres, and they are restaurant customers and diners. And they go to restaurants, and they love restaurants, and they have some kind of experience that they want to enhance or make better. 
and they create a business to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Caviar, the delivery service, is an example of that. Cover, the restaurant payment service, is an example of that. So we have all these people who are dining customers who are trying to build something better, and we very rarely see actual restaurant folks, chefs, cooks, front-of-the-house people who are creating technology for their own industry. Mm-hmm. So that is just just that transaction was something that was interesting to me and the fact that we're talking about something that is fundamentally um it's it's not sexy it's not like creating a fun app with lots of bells and whistles it's a basic problem of purveyors and companies delivering the products to the restaurants and we talk often about the restaurant tech level being at pencil on cocktail napkin. Mm -hmm. I think it's fair to say that a lot of purveyors, especially really great quality purveyors who would be small farmers and things like that, their tech level is like, you know, crayon on, you know, newspaper or, you know, paper bag wrapper, driving product to a restaurant, dropping it off, handing somebody a piece of paper with a scribble on it. Yeah. Post-it notes. So... I'm going to ask Tony to sort of just explain a little bit what the what the product is and what it does and the tech side of it. And then the two of them really, I, I have to say that when I met them and talked to them and uh, heard about their project, it was very funny to me because they really are a little bit like the odd couple in the tech startup world. And it really, <laughs> if there was a movie, it would be like the internship. It would be like, oh, you know, Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn with the two yeah. like restaurant guys going to startup boot camp. Yeah, but we know, we know how to run food. We know how to run. You know how to run food, but you know yeah. anything about technology? No, we don't. <laughs> so it's a really it's it's sort we'll it's, there, yeah. it's the flip side of, of a lot of the stories that we've we've listened to so far. So Tony, why don't you start off with the hellacious mountains of papers that you have to deal with as a chef? Yeah, you know, from my time as being a corporate chef, uh, I worked for the Charlie Palmer Group for a long time, and it was kind of you know you're always trying to herd these cats of pieces of paper and people's food cost and across the country of what you know to get the cost. You know, you always knew what your purchases were minute by minute because every restaurant, every dining room in the world has a point of sale system, but woefully behind in the back of the house to try to find what your purchases were. Um, so get developing a system by which we could automate that process and take the data entry heavy busy work aspect out of the chef's hands, who has really no business being behind a computer anyway, and automate that process is really kind of where we were looking to, to be. And part of the problem or one of the, one of the issues that you had to overcome is for every single purveyor that you have, that's a potentially different type of invoice. If you get an invoice at all, Massive. it's a different time frame. Yeah. It looks different. It's electronic. It's not. It comes with the box. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. They're all different. They're all different. You know, one thing about restaurants is you, obviously you're dealing with nature. So things are always, even if you've ordered a bunch of things and they're showing up, it needs continual adjustment. The tomato showed up green. The white asparagus came in as green asparagus. The salmon came in as trout. You know, the all three kinds pound of chickens happened. were four and a half. Exactly, right. exactly. Right. A tremendous amount of adjustments need to be made on a continual basis. There's eye rolling in the studio, which you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. It's the bottom line. It really does suck. Right. And, you know, we'd always find, you know, you, I'm sure most people chefs will be in like kind of a budgetary situation with like oh you spend too much money in february why like well okay it's july 
Um, what do you want me to do about it now? So it's an incredibly reactive system, and we're just bringing them up to date so that they can make better purchasing decisions the next day instead of the next month. When people talk about what makes a great chef and what makes a great restaurant, we think about, you know, chefs who have a feeling for cuisine and they're at one with their ingredients and, you know, they have a love of preparation and hospitality and they're creating all these wonderful environments and dishes to share with people. You know, there is not a show on the Food Network about, like, top chef Excel spreadsheet challenge. And, you know, we don't <laughs> have one, though, articles yeah. in Business Week about who the best number cruncher is or who's right. running the tightest profit margin. Right. But uh, what the consumers, I don't think, realize is that that can make or break a restaurant oh, just like any other business. It Dude, does. It's like no money, no honey. You know, it's like there's no... there's. You can be incredibly creative, incredibly everything, but if you know the thing, the business isn't operating successfully. You have no creativity to do. To share. It doesn't matter. The creativity can't save it. You know. So explain in very simple terms how Shoebox works. You want to take that one next? Sure, of course. Um, in essence, in this very transactional, paper-heavy system, all you have to do is take a stack of invoices. Um, and you can run them through a scanner that you already have on your printer or take a picture through your phone. You send it into your shoebox account. And the next day, uh, by 9 a.m., not only do you have uh, access to that original invoice through the platform. As but an it, image. Or as an image, exactly. But it also populates the different areas of your operation that are important to your financial structure. So that means it'll dump into QuickBooks. It'll dump into your accounting platform. So it saves all the rig the rigorous data entry to the accounting side. And then if you have a, an Excel spreadsheet that you fill for your declining budget that's company proprietary, then we can develop something that dumps that right in for you so it saves you half an hour a night as an operator after being on, on the floor for 12 hours. And then, of course, you have a reference to that information anytime you need it. So if you want to know what you spent on scallops last week, you can literally hop on your phone. You don't have to call centralized accounting. You don't have to make a copy for your own reference. And you have access to all the information you need. You have a virtual filing cabinet with no data entry on the web. This is one of my favorite parts about Shoebox. Tell the people how the magic happens overnight. Well, in essence, we had to train people. You know, we have a staff in the Philippines that is great. And, uh, of course, they learn your style, so you have a dedicated uh, data entry person, and everybody's got their little quirks they like to go with. But, you know, in the beginning, we were under this assumption that OCR technology was at a point where... What does OCR mean? OCR, I'm sorry. So it's object capture recognition, right? That's the, that's the photo part, that's taking the photo, the photo part, of the invoice. Exactly. So it's the idea, just like with Bank of America, you can take a picture of a check and it automatically will go into your account. It's the idea that you can take all that same information just based on a picture and populate all these fields. But as you, as we talked about earlier, it's such, um, it's it's such like an old school kind of environment. We in you call a farmer, ask him what he's got fresh. He shows up with a post-it note and says, "Here's your strawberries. I think it's two pounds." 20 bucks. You know what I mean? He's got mushrooms <laughs> for you. I just picked them yesterday and I think they're awesome. You want them? Sure. He writes it down on a piece of paper right there. You know what I mean? And it's like, so there's no way to automate that process because right. if that were the case, then uh, prescriptions you could do the same thing with. And doctors are obviously the last <laughs> yeah. people you want to try and, you yeah. know what I mean? So. 
So the magic happens overnight in the Philippines, which yep. I love. That's yep. sort of, you know, you have your own magical elves over yeah, there. Yeah, we have a team. And so it's really great because we're kind of on this 24-hour work day. Um, we talk to them at 10 o'clock every night, make sure everything's good to go, which is 10 a.m. their time. And they right. speed through that thing. And in the morning, they, you know, it's, yeah. it's all finished. That's great. So it's a perfect way for us to be able to offer it the next day instead of the next week. Yeah. Well, right now we're going to see what kind of offers we have from our wonderful sponsors and listen to some music from Jack. Sweet. Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at internationalculinarycenter.com. Well, if you've just clicked on and you're wondering what the hell you're listening to, this is Tech Bytes on the heritageradionetwork.org. And on Tech Bytes, we talk about the intersection of food and technology. And today, we are talking to the founders of a company called Shoebox, and that's C-H-O-U-X-B-O-X.com. And it's basically a tech product for the back of the house where you snap photos and scans of your invoices and magically the next day, all your inventory numbers are updated and you can keep track of that because it's notoriously a huge time suck in restaurants. And chefs who are really amazing at creating wonderful food are not always the best at accounting. Yeah, you know, the, the, it gives them... Um opportunity to concentrate on something besides the busy work. So they actually can do more better work because they don't have to necessarily like hit a bunch of keys. So Tony and Xavier, who are our guests today, they both come from the restaurant side of things, which is pretty unusual in the food tech world. Most of the founders of startups come from tech companies or business companies. And, you know, they're very familiar with this, you know, re- really interesting environment of tech startups and the two of them are not your typical startup guys Mm. 
But you were successful at putting together a tech company to the point that you got scouted and accepted by an incubator out in Silicon Valley, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about that experience of two restaurant guys walking into the Silicon Valley incubator. I think, you know, a restaurant really teaches you, uh, it gives you a certain amount of uh, training just in life. You know, in a way. So it really like we were kind of coming into it with that kind of mental mentality of like economy of motion, economy of this, economy of everything. You know, we were really kind of good at that. And also how to like kind of run a business. Um, I think that was one of the most eye opening things for me in going out there is that they're all throwing out these huge numbers for ideas, you know, and we are really trying to run a profitable business from the get go. Yeah. Culturally, too, it's amazing. Like, um, you know, we, as Tony says, we come from the restaurant background and like, you know, we're always about, you know, hard work, about thinking on your feet, about staying in motion, about staying focused, about getting better, about meeting with teams and talking about, you know, how you can improve. And um, while there is that idea there, it's just seems to be a much more relaxed kind of pace there's a silence to it there's a yeah yeah, and like so to the restaurant side well to the incubator incubator side side. like you know we're like you know i'm hammering hammering away to emails making phone calls figuring out how we can you know make a feature better and then i hear like ping pong balls in the background (laughs) and i'm like what (laughs) the hell is going on here you know like and it's great like the kids are playing ping pong kids are playing ping pong there's people like sleeping on a couch sleeping on a couch like and I'm like, how is this okay? But, you know, it's great. Like, it's great to see a different side of it. But, like, every time we would walk into the office, I'm just imagining, like, one of my drill sergeant, like, director of ops walking in and just getting a snippet of what's going on. Because, like, you're getting your head chewed off or, like, chewing gum on the dining floor. And looking then, at your phone. Or looking at your phone. Meanwhile, right. you got some dude who's, like, eating Doritos and drinking Mountain Dew and, like, <laughs> literally picking his nose, nose looking outside. You know, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, it's The thing that's fascinating to me about the startup environment and the startup culture is the way you can put together a great idea, a great deck, mm-hmm. have some proof of concept, and have people give you money to run a business for a year or two where you're never expected to actually make any money. You're just unreal, expected right? to yeah. create enthusiasm, create uh, yeah. social media traction. power, traction, users. users, all that kind of stuff, but you don't have to actually make money, which right. for the restaurant world... Is, is a dream. Can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah. I'd be like my favorite restaurant. Yeah. I'm like, garnish that with Kobe. Let's get out of here. You know, like, like dinner service over. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's a, it's about all that user engagement. I mean, I think Silicon Valley probably invented the term monetize. You know, they figure out how to monetize it later. They just, you just get people excited about something, get people using something, get them make the product sticky enough so that people are coming back to it and using it a lot. And then they figure out how to monetize that. That being said, though, I mean, we, there was a lot that we learned. Oh, tremendous. Tremendous amounts that we learned. It's just a cultural difference. But on the other side, of course, like, I'm used to, like, what are our specials today? What are we going to work on with the staff today? How can we isolate an ingredient that everybody can learn about during pre-shift? Let's talk about an area where a wine's coming from. Meanwhile, you know, I have no idea how a server is sending information out. I have no idea. When you, and when you say server in this instance, you're talking right. about uh-huh. a computer server. Uh-huh. Right? It's just, you know, there's there's a facet to the world of tech 
that to me is it's still like magic it's beautiful like it's something you necessarily can't touch and having a little bit more of a, an insider's view to how this works it's um it's 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 beautiful like I, I don't know how a vcr works and that's outdated stuff but or shazam or shazam how does it shazam. do that oh, i love that thing but you know it's 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 it was really um it was really nice to be accepted into a different kind of environment and and I'll tell you this much, I did feel like the coolest person in the room all the time. Why? So like, you always are. I'm Why? like, dude, well, because, you know, like, I could probably drink every single person in the room <laughs> under the table, you know what I mean? I know what to order when I go into a bar, Vince, you know. Vince Vaughn's going to play you in the movie. Hell yeah. <laughs> I like Vince Vaughn, even though I think he's a Boston Red Sox fan. Oh. I'm Philadelphia Flyers, Phillies, Eagles all the way. So Okay. It's okay. We can still be friends, though. What about maybe Jack Black? Oh man, <gasps> I got hit with that again. Always gets that. I always get Jack Black, and I always get John Travolta. You get oh. John Travolta, yeah. <laughs> a young John Travolta, young John Travolta, a young handsome John Travolta, yeah. and you know, Pre-Scientology. with more hair. <laughs> Hopefully, um, if Jack Black is listening, I think you're a really good-looking dude. But <laughs> I guess it hurts my feelings a little bit because I don't know any of my ex-girlfriends that actually want to make out with Jack Black. <laughs> Well, that's so. probably why they're your ex-girlfriends. Yeah. You need to find the girl <laughs> who thinks Jack he's Black. like the hottest thing since Sriracha. Are you out there? She's out there. She's out there. And she's shazamming something right now. Yeah, it's probably a Tenacious D song. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of every show, I always like to ask my guests for a little piece of advice that our listeners can use for themselves. Um, so I would say I, I would ask both of you for your take on if someone is a cook in a restaurant and wants to start their own business that's not restaurant related but that's outside not necessarily tech what would you recommend to them how would they go about that start a business outside of the food industry or start a different kind of ancillary start a different kind of non-restaurant business got you i mean research network talk about it a lot um, you really need to kind of get a bunch of information out there before you can make your decision. Yeah. Um, I, I'd say, you know, make sure you're in love with the idea because there's always people that are going to tell you it's not possible. There's always walls that you have to break down. As long as you love what you're doing, just like the restaurant world that we decided to jump into, there was nothing we felt like we couldn't accomplish and there was nothing we felt like What's we couldn't What's that phrase we're always coming at? You know you have an original idea when you have to shove it down everyone's throat? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So as long as you love what you're doing and you see um, an end to, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, it, you know, we started our business because we wanted to help the restaurant industry. So in that same way, that's always my driving force. So I, nothing will ever stop us in our continual pursuit to make it great. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as long as you love what you're doing and as long as you can identify with why you're doing it, then that can always be your end goal. And then the money will come later. The money will come later when you're running a profitable business. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Exactly <laughs> you know, it's extremely right. difficult in a restaurant because there's just no time. So I think first off is setting, setting aside that time to really like think about what you're going to do um, is, is really important about just you know making sure that you are really vetting your process and stuff like yeah. that. Both very good pieces of advice and kind of a little different, and they sort of equate into left brain, right brain, huh. right? On one that side, like have love and emotion and dedication to what you want to do, and on the other side, be analytical and do your homework mm-hmm. and know what you're going to do. Huh. Mm-hmm. 
Fantastic. Exactly right. Well, I want to thank Tony and Xavier for coming out to Bushwick thank to Roberta's for Pizza so much, for being yeah. on the show. It was a lot of fun. I hope all our listeners enjoyed it. If you enjoyed it, please come back on Mondays at 1 p.m. on heritageradionetwork.org. If you really, really loved it, go to heritageradionetwork.org, click the donate button, and, you know, throw us whatever you spent on coffee today. What was Spread it, like the love, eight bucks? right? Yeah. Spread the love. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 